you're stressed out your mind. You feel your brain and sanity are pretty much hanging on for dear life. Maybe you've started to get physical symptoms of stress, but you keep telling yourself, oh, it's okay. You know, it's always been like this. My stress levels have always been high and I can handle high stress situations. I've got news for you. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. So, alphas, welcome back to the show. My name's Andy Naylor, CEO and founder of Naylor Body Design and host of your Optimal Alpha podcast. Welcome back to the show. Hope everyone is good out there. It is uh, a continuation of our CEO series today, and today uh, is number seven in that series. And we're diving specifically into one of the key areas that I think certainly affects, I think, everybody in day-to-day -day life, but certainly high-level execs, which is stress. Now, my goodness, we could I could take this podcast on for literally days talking about this subject. So I'm not going to do that. As always, I'm going to keep it under about 20 minutes and just get into the the, the sort of nuts and bolts of, of a few things I think could just quickly help people. So let me let me start that by saying very clearly, I could never change the stressors in your life. Makes sense, right? Like I can't come in and change the things that cause you stress. That's on you, okay? If your job is stressful and you don't enjoy it, change it. If your children are playing up and causing you stress, don't change them. <laughs> Teach them how to behave. Show them. I, I know that's easier said than done, right? Caveat. Your, your spouse is causing you stress. Talk it through like adults. Maybe seek some help, right? Those, I, those, I can't come into your world and change those stresses. You get the point? Um, it's a simple case of those things, the things that stress you are your responsibility. But guess what? You can absolutely change your perception of stress how you feel mentally and physically, even if the stressor is the same. Let me give you an example. Now, uh, have you ever flown a plane before? Fair to say, the I would imagine, the vast majority of you listen to, listening to this are going to be like, well, no. There's going to be some of you that will say yes to this. Fair play, well done, good for you. But the vast majority, no, Andy, I've never flown a plane. Okay, so... Imagine this scenario. You are teleported into the captain's chair of a 747, so a ruddy big, big one, with, I don't know, 450 passengers on board, right? Like genuinely try and imagine whatever that might look like. So you're sat in a cockpit, you're suddenly there in a cockpit uh, of a 747 with all the flashing lights and dials and everything, and you've got a headset on and there's no one else in there with you. And on the headset, there is a control tower somewhere off in the, I don't know, far, far distance. So you can maybe just see flashing in the sort of, in the fog. In the and they're telling you the captain has been poisoned. There, someone else has been, like, there's, there's nobody. It's you. 
you are going to have to land this plane with the guidance of the people on the floor. It's you. You've got to do this. And this is really happening. Okay, bit of a funny story, but just just genuinely try to imagine sitting in that chair, facing all that stuff with someone you know saying to you, "We're going to talk you in." We, you know, we're going to we're going to help you land this thing. Now, I could. It's fair to say, I think anybody's stress levels who've not flown a plane before would go absolutely up through the roof. It would nearly be an impossible situation to one get your head around to mentally kind of deal with and then physically would you even still stop shaking to the point where you could hold on to the, the control it would be like one of the most stressful things i could possibly ever imagine putting someone in that position like it would be so difficult to deal with but now let's imagine this right now as we're you're listening to this and i'm talking up in the skies above us are tens of thousands of people literally landing planes probably while drinking a cup of coffee and eating a sandwich because they've done it so many times they are experienced and their perception of that same stress is entirely different to ours if we've never done it before the simple point behind that analogy is this it's the same stress it's the same situation in fact it's probably worse for a pilot because no one's helping them they've got to do it on their own but it's the it's essentially the same thing but the pilot's perception of that stress is entirely different. They will be focused. They will be alert, of course, but they're not going to feel like we would if we were there. OK, perception can be changed. So let's think about this you know, on, a, on a sort of on a, on a simpler level. What is stress? So stress, first of all, is a normal human reaction that happens to everybody. Right? No one has no stress. I don't think you can live without what we would call a degree of stress. In fact, the human body is designed to experience stress and react to it. It's part of day to day for us. When you experience changes or challenges, so we could call those stresses, your body produces physical and mental responses. OK, that that's stress. That's what we could call stress. A stress re response helps your body adapt to a new situation. So therefore, stress to a degree is useful. Stress can be positive. It keeps us alert. It can keep us motivated, whatever technically you want to cause mo call motivation, but it keeps us motivated, alert, focused, ready to avoid danger and take action. That, that, that is kind of why stress lives. That's why it's there. That's why it exists. For example, let's imagine you've got an important, a really important meeting coming up. Maybe it's an interview for a new position. The stress response that you will have inside you will keep your mind and your body working harder, focused, more alert. Yeah. The adrenaline is part of that. You're going to be more, we would call it stress, but it's, it's for one particular thing in a moment. It's a, it's a meeting, it's an interview, it's a something. Chances are when you leave that, you're, you feel that stress wash away, don't you? You feel it, oh, you breathe, you relax, the thing's over. So that's where stress can be, that's where stress can be, it is useful. It's like maybe if you're, let's say you've got an exam. What do people do right before the end of an exam? They probably cram loads of um, you know, learning about the topic in. It's stressful, but that stress, that deadline causes you know, higher levels of focus and alert and neat productivity to get the job done, okay? But stress becomes a problem um, when the stressors continue without a, a period of relief or relaxation from it. In other words, there's just no off button. 
They just don't disappear. That's when stress becomes an issue. So what, what's happening to our body during stress? So a number of things, and again, we could talk about this for hours, but let's just try and give some useful nuggets here. So the body's autonomic nervous system, okay? We have things going on in our body, billions of processes and actions that we have absolutely no ideas going on, right? When people say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, outsmart my body or trick my body into something, best of luck. Your body's been keeping you alive for 10, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, right? Like you will not outsmart your body. Um, so your body's autonomic nervous system is, um, it's regulating things like heart rate, breathing, vision changes. These are all things that we would definitely know can become impaired or, or challenging or uncontrolled when we are in a lot of stress. Heart rate goes up, breathing changes, maybe vision becomes different. So this, this autonomic nervous system that we would also say, if I said to you one area of it, so we have sympathetic tone and we have parasympathetic tone and we are living on a continuum a, a sort of gradient between the two at all times. It's not one or the other. It's somewhere on the sort of spectrum of that. So the stress side of that is sympathetic tone of our autonomic nervous system. We would genuinely know that as fight or flight, fight or flight, right? That's what that response up there is. It's a, it's, it's a, oh my God, I must take action because on an evolutionary level, here comes something that's going to kill me. Okay. That's why we're sort of we're sort of hardwired to lean towards that side, which we would also kind of say is like a negative side of things. Because, um, again, if we're looking for danger, it's going to keep us alive. It would have done on an evolutionary level, like we're looking for things that are a problem. Therefore, we're sort of maybe leaning towards a sympathetic tone, certainly at certain points in our day or certain points in the year or of our life or so on and so forth. because It's going to keep us alive. So we've got sympathetic tone, fight and flight. Now, on the other end. We've got parasympathetic tone, rest and digest. You could call it warrior mode and then monk mode, if you want to give it that sort of phrasing. Um, these things help us. We, we, we cannot live without our body going through these phases. But the, the problem is, is when a person has long term, so we would call that chronic stress. In other words, continued activation of the stress response. It causes wear and tear on the body. Okay. Okay, so if we're if we're sympathetically toned most of the time, it causes wear and tear psychologically, emotionally, physically. It is reducing lifespan. I think that's fair to say. We've all heard the phrase stress is a killer. This is kind of where it comes from. So it's reducing lifespan and most certainly quality of life while we're living. And then what happens is physical, emotional, behavioral symptoms will start to develop. Here's a bunch. Let's see if you've either seen these in someone else or maybe you've seen these in yourself. So physical symptoms of stress. OK, um, this is in no particular order. It's just it's just a list that sort of came to my mind. But of course, physical symptoms, so aches and pains, chest pain. Yeah. Difficulty in physically breathing or getting enough air in and a feeling that your heart is racing. Exhaustion. Trouble sleeping, switching off at the end of the day, maybe even headaches, dizziness, shaking, certainly high blood pressure. Okay, maybe muscle tension, jaw clenching, grinding of teeth, even. Maybe that's something you do in your sleep, you don't even realize it. Certainly also stomach and digestive issues, because where are we? We're on the opposite end to rest and digest. So a lot of people, when they're stressed, 
generally, people are very different. Some people eat when they're stressed. Some people lose their, their hunger and their ability to eat. There's no, well, there's obviously no wrong or right there. It's just very different for different people. Some people stress eat, are, uh, and obviously that can cause a problem. That's that, that would nearly come sort of down the road of emotional eating, though, I think. Um, I would certainly say if it's outright stress responses from a sympathetic tone, most people would lose their appetites because the, the body's just telling them don't eat because I can't do anything with it. I, can't, I, I don't. I'm not going to go through the process of digesting and, and assimilating and absorbing this food. So we're going to take away your your desire for food. Maybe also a lost libido. Maybe a weak immune system. These are oh, there's more, right? I can imagine there's many more, but there were just some that came to my mind. These are physical symptoms of stress. Then you can get maybe even emotional uh, and mental symptoms of stress. So anxiety which is a, a, a feeling of nearly literally being out of control of a situation. It's also that feeling of worry and concern for some sort of danger or something in the future that you feel out of control of. It, 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 stress and anxiety fall somewhere between those sorts of things, right? You know, it's, it's, like a, it's like a feeling of impending doom. Now, at some point, I would say that all of us have had that feeling, whatever that might be. Something is going to happen. It's bad. It, it could cause something bad to us or someone else, and there's nothing we can do about it. That will cause stress, and that normally then elevates into anxiety. Irritability. I think my, probably that probably is me. I could become quite irritable, I think. That's probably one of the things I think I notice in myself. Sharp and short with maybe how I am with the people around me. Depression. Stress, I think, can lead to depression with some people. Maybe even panic attacks. I don't think I've, I, to my knowledge, I don't think I've ever technically had a panic attack, a panic attack, but I certainly know people that have have, and it's horrific. It's all, I've, I've seen it happen to people, I'm sure many of you have too, and it's, it's horrible to watch. It, I can't imagine how out of control and the levels of anxiety that someone feels when they technically go through a panic attack, but it's, it's coming out of somewhere from a stress response. Maybe even just simple, well, I say simple, that's not the right word, but sadness, just a, just a, a you know, Stress is a weight on shoulders, isn't it? In fact, we all now know that that's, that's something to be true, isn't it? You know when something is lifted from your shoulders? It literally feels. When a stress is taken away from you, I don't know, a problem gets solved, a bill gets paid, or something happens, or, 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 or the challenge is, is resolved, or, or, or an argument is resolved, stress seems to disappear, and you literally feel it come off your shoulders. Okay, so, and then I think it's fair to say often people who people who deal or are living with chronic stress, so it's ongoing, tend too often, or yeah, too often tend to manage it in unhealthy behaviours. This is normally what people do first before they do the things I'm about to sort of hopefully guide you through. So quite often people turn to, to alcohol quite a bit. Um, alcohol is a sedative and generally speaking, it's numbing to stress. It certainly isn't solving the problem, but at that particular moment, it probably feels better to the individual than the, the heightened levels of stress and anxiety. Gambling. I know a lot of people who are highly stressed who, who sort of lean towards things like that. Overeating, developing an eating disorder, potentially participating in, in being compulsive with things. That could be shopping, internet browsing. It could be, it could be, it could be anything. Anything that has a compulsive behaviour about it. Maybe smoking. Maybe using drugs. 
basically all of these things are in some way uh, escapism. Escape, it's not facing and dealing with the problem, and that's not a criticism in any way at all, um, but it's not dealing and facing the problem, and it's moving towards something that basically immediately feels like it fixes the problem. But all of the things that I've just told you, all of us sitting here listening to this, know full well, they are not solutions. That's a ba- They're all Band-Aids. No, well, they're not even that, are they? I don't know what they are. Uh, they are not anything that is going to really move someone towards a long-term solution. Alphas, I interrupt this show with a simple message. This show is here to benefit you and your progression to the best version of yourself. But not only just you, it's also here to benefit the people around you, your loved ones, your friends, other alphas in your vicinity. So why not do a really cool thing today? Something that I would thank you for and maybe someone else would. Share this podcast with at least one other alpha out there who you know would benefit from it. Why not share the information, share the ability for someone else to grow? I'm sure they would thank you. I 100% would absolutely thank you. This podcast only grows by our listeners, our followers doing amazing things like giving us five-star reviews, downloading podcasts, subscribing, and then of course, sharing it with other people. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, share it with one person, and of course, drop us a five-star review, download the podcast, and of course, subscribe. And now back to the show. So let's find some. So you can't avoid stress. That's that we, we know that we can't avoid stress and it is positive. It's when it becomes chronic that it's an issue. So you can't, what we want to do is stop it from becoming overwhelming, stop it from becoming chronic and ongoing. So we need to practice some, some daily strategies. So let's say stress is overwhelming. Let's say it is chronic. What can we do to relieve stress at the time while we are stressed? So exercise. Exercise, when you feel the symptoms of stress coming on, um, will certainly help. Even a short walk can boost someone's mood. But generally speaking, we would all know that um, you know, uh, exercise releases what we call endorphins. Endorphins tend, tend to make us feel pretty good. Um, I do not have the literature. I'm now thinking about it while I'm talking. I should have gone and found it. I, would go, I will go out on a limb and say that I bet if I went and looked for it, well, if you, go, if you go and look for anything you want to look for, you'll find it. There's a name for that. But if I went and looked for it, I'm sure that there is, there is great technical literature out there with really good studies that will show that in terms of improving mood, sense of self, well-being, reducing stress, anxiety, exercise is probably at the top of the list. It's at what, what, what of a modality do we have that is as strong um, in changing these things as exercise and the exercise could be it could be playing tennis it doesn't matter what the thing is it's movement it's focusing on something else other than the the, the stress it's getting the body moving and doing what it's supposed to do okay so exercise is always going to be top of that list um at the end of each day take a moment to think about what you accomplished not what you didn't get done there's there's always, always going to be more things that you didn't get done than you did. Like, of of course, right? That, that, there's always going to be a gazillion more things that you could have done. So don't focus on the things you didn't do. Get to the end of the day and focus on the things you accomplished. Okay? That then leads into one of the best things you can do at the end of the day is, um, is gratitude, which is kind of nearly journaling. Um, so 
some of the things that can help us most in these areas always sound a little woo-woo, right? A little out there, a little, a little too simple to be useful. But, they, um, well, I, I had a client who I told to go away and do gratitude. And I'm not going to say who it was. It was a guy. Um, and he, I, I said to him in his check-in, um, actually, the week later, hey, how was your gratitude? And he said, uh, he wrote it down. He did exactly what I'm about to say to do. He wrote it down. He did what, I was, you know, what I'm about to say to do. And he, he became extremely emotional. He said it hit him like a truck in a really positive way. Because obviously, I don't know what he wrote. He didn't tell me, he didn't ask to know. But ultimately, get to the end of the day and you should have a notepad next to your bed. Sit down on the edge of your bed and write down a minimum of five things that you are genuinely grateful for that day. And it really doesn't matter what they are. It could be, um, I'm grateful for the mic that I'm talking into right now. So it gives me a good, clear voice for people to listen to my podcast. Right? It's something I'm genuinely grateful for. I couldn't do this without that mic sitting up there. Right? I'm grateful for it. Now, you could go to the level, I'm grateful for something about your spouse. It could, it could be a far more emotive thing. You write five things down, okay, and then say them out loud. Just, say, just send them out there. Say them out loud. Because guess what? You cannot be grateful and pissed off at the same time. Try it. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's really difficult. You cannot be genuinely grateful for things in your life and be pissed off. So pissed off is also, you know, you could also say then stressed. Like, it, it, I'm not saying that writing five things down will reduce all the stresses in your life, but it will change your perspective a little bit. And what are we talking about here? Changing perspective. Can't change the stresses, but could we change your perspective? Yeah, I think so. In fact, I know so. So, so sitting down at the end of the day, spending a few moments writing down five things, write them down in a book, um, take it seriously. Sounds, a little, sounds too easy, doesn't it? But take it, take it seriously. Write them down, say them out loud, and do it continually, whatever things happened in that day. Um, but then also, um, adding into that could be some mindfulness work. Uh, this is something I tend to do in the morning. I tend to do uh, 10 to 15 minutes of mindfulness. Meditation. Basically, I use a little app that has, um, sometimes it's guided, sometimes it's just noise. It could just be the sound of rain or, or sometimes the sound of water. Anything that just isn't really anything your brain can attach itself to. And I sit there, now I have a particular way of doing this now that I, I'll, I'll share this with you that I've found works really well, um, which is it, it, your goal when you're, <laughs> your, so your goal when you are practicing meditation is to basically focus on nothing but one thing, which is your breathing. So you, nothing else matters at that moment in time. Nothing, absolutely nothing. You've got 10 minutes to sit down and do nothing, but imagine the world has melted around you and it's just you you, your soul, you, your person, not even your body, okay, which is a bit weird. But when you kind of practice this, it does start to feel like that. You can start to feel like you begin to detach from everything in a really nice, I want to even say spiritual way, to be honest. So the way in which I help my mind focus, and I have trained my mind, because I couldn't do this very well at the start. And the more I did it, the better I've got. So I have trained my mind. So technically, I sit down, I put on a little earbuds in and I'm going to go from 10 to 15 minutes. And so I breathe in and out through my nose and I count one. Okay. So then my mind goes one and then I go in, out, two. I'm, I'm, I'm watching, focusing and noticing the breath all the way in and all the way out. And I'm focusing on where I can feel it most, normally at the end of your nostrils. Sometimes it could be in your belly as it moves. So you're going to notice it somewhere. It's normally one of those two places. 
watch the breath the whole way in and the whole way out and count one, then two, then three, then four, all the way to 10. So in, out, one, in, out, two, in, out, three, get to 10. So in the back of your mind, you've now counted one, one round of 10. And then you go again. So in, out, one, in, out, two, all the way to 10. And in the back of your mind, you count two, two rounds of 10. I now get to 15 rounds of 10. To start with, I could not get to five. Legit. I couldn't get to five. My, my mind just disappeared. And I'd be like, I don't even know how many rounds I've done. And I don't know how far through this round I am. Now, when I get to about 15 now, that's starting to happen. What's actually happening is I'm kind of falling asleep. So I'm kind of putting myself to sleep, which is not the whole point. But I'm obviously relaxing that much. I've just had a walk and I'm kind of literally, my mind's just switching off, which is a problem because I want to keep my mind alert because we're, we're trying to train the mind here. So anyway, that's how I do my mindfulness. Why is this useful when it comes to stress? Stress is a stressor and a response. Let's, Im let's imagine you stub your toe. The stubbing of the toe is the stressor. We can't change that. You did it by accident. But you shouting and screaming and throwing your coffee across the room, that's your response. That's your stress response. That is the thing that we're trying to change. Now, what mindfulness does is it allows us to quite often create a gap mentally between the stressor and the response. I don't know how that happens. Go and ask someone who knows meditation better than me. But it's, it, it allows you to, I guess, control your mental activity and create a bit of a gap, a moment, a moment between the stressor and your response to it. And in that little blessed moment, guess what you have? A fucking decision. You can either throw the coffee across the room or you can be like, well, I'll, okay, my toe hurts but I don't need to now do a second silly thing by some sort of reaction. Think about that. Think about how that might now play a really useful role into your life. So if you've got work colleagues or, or, or someone or children running around, they do something, they do something, you couldn't have changed it, they did it. Someone else external to you did it. You can't change that, okay? That's the stressor. But your stupid ass response to it is not helping, whatever that might be. Screaming back to the kids. I don't know, you know, I don't know, firing on the spot, someone who works for you, whatever. It's not helping. You need to create a gap in your mind. M good mindfulness practice will allow you to do that. Uh, well, we've got set your goals for the week. Set clear goals for the week of the month. Narrowing your view onto the things that you need to focus on can certainly help, okay? I can also give you an example where widening your view will also reduce stress, interestingly. But what happens tends to be is, certainly with our workloads as, as, as business leaders or business owners or whatever that might be, there's always a gazillion things on the to-do list. My to-do list is, it would be months long if I just sat and actually tried to do it all in one go. It's overwhelmingly long. So all I do each morning is I write, I take my list and I rewrite the, th the five things that I need to get done that day. It will be the top priority things that I have to get done. And if I can get those done, I've done a damn good job. So when I get to the end of the day, I focus on the things that I accomplished and not the bloody massive list behind me that I didn't get done because I was never going to get it all done. I'm not going to stress about it. I just pick the top five things and I might get six done. I might get two done. Like I'm going to go after those top five, but set those goals. Um, also, if your, if your stress is that bad, consider getting proper help, real help, healthcare, therapist, someone who, someone who can really delve into these things probably in person with you. There's nothing wrong with asking for damn help. Like, 
there's something wrong in struggling in silence, I would suggest. Okay. Um, so those are things that you could do, like, I guess, while stress is happening that can sort of be um, stress relievers. So what about preventative? What things could we do before the things I've just told you that would probably help? So main, main, many sort of daily strategies uh, you can put in place to help keep stress at bay. So relaxation strategies. So yes, meditation, gratitude, yes. Yoga, which I've never done personally, but I would say yoga is probably a really good one, actually. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge amount of benefits to come out of that. So yoga is good. Tai Chi, never done it. Looks very de-stressing to me. Uh, breathing exercises. That's also meditation. Box breathing would also be in there. Muscle relaxation work. Uh, so simply uh, massage. Um, you can get programs online and all sorts of things that sort of help with, um, you know, with all of those areas. And these are, these are clearly areas that we help our clients with on a daily basis. Basic stuff, taking care of your body each day, eating right. Eating poor food is a stressor. Bad digestion is a stressor. Eating crap food is a stressor. So eat right. Whole natural foods that, you know, grew in the ground, grew on a tree or had a face, generally. That should be 80% of your diet. Exercising, moving. You've been given a tool, a body. Damn well use it. Like, I mean, really use it. Uh, get enough sleep, and it's not just enough sleep. Get the highest quality sleep possible. Probably talk about, talk about that in a separate podcast. It's such a big area. Um, massage, sauna. Get in nature. So if you go out for a walk, here's a, this is actually really useful. Anywhere near water helps. Walking by water really helps. But also walking in and amongst, amongst green stuff. So if you've got um, fields to walk in or, uh, or forests or trees, we are supposed to be in nature. We've built our cities and concrete jungles. That's not where we're supposed to be living, technically. We're supposed to be in nature. So if you can get in nature, go. It will be calming to you. And this is where getting a wide view. So another thing that we can do when we're stressed is our view narrows in. And a lot of the time we're facing computer screens and things like that. So our view is very narrowed in on just parts of our screen. If you can then technically widen your view so you can see like the horizon or you can see, you know, a much a, a, a physically wider view, you're taking in, I guess, more information. But it's not it's not then stressful. I don't know why this tends to work, but um, I know that if I walk out on my balcony and I, the, suddenly the view goes from my screen to a much wider view and it's relaxing. Um, simply staying staying positive and practice gratitude, acknowledging good areas of your, your life. When you're stressed, we tend to all focus on the negative, the negative, the negative, because that is stress, that is the fight and flight, that is the keep, thing keeping us alive. But you know, we don't need to necessarily worry about keeping ourselves alive anymore. So we need to be able to handle where we are on that continuum between fight and flight and rest and digest. So practice your gratitude, acknowledge, and be thankful for things in your life. Accept the things you can't control. There is you have a, you have two circles in your world, a circle that you can influence of things and a circle that you can't. The circle that you can't is huge. So stop worrying about all the shit out there in that circle. Focus on the circle that you can have an influence on. OK, and then just go focus working on that. Um, find ways to kind of let go of worry. So, for example, I did speak to somebody the other day. And I asked them what their biggest concerns were. And they, they, and there's nothing wrong with these answers. This is not a criticism. But they said their biggest stresses were, it was something to do with the world's climate and something similar to that. Huge, ginormous problems, potentially. 
But can one person do one thing about it? Now, some of you could argue, well, it maybe yes. But when we're looking at it from a person-to-person point of view, if someone is staying up at night stressing about the concern of global climate, can they do anything about it at that moment? No. So should they let those thoughts go so they can focus on the things that they should be concerned about? I would suggest yes. Not saying then don't have a concern about global climate, but it shouldn't be keeping you up at night, really, because it's it's not in your circle of influence, technically. Um, Learn to say no. You'll find the more you get to say no, the easier your life will become. Learn to say no to additional responsibilities when you're already busy and stressed. Um, That's really challenging. Uh, It's definitely something I've got better at recently, uh, and it kind of feels odd to do it. Uh, but the more you say no and push back things um, to team members or things you just don't want to do, opportunities that come to you that you really shouldn't get involved in, focus on the things that are most important that, again, are in your circle of influence. Stay connected to people that keep you calm. <laughs> Remove people that don't. <laughs> okay, pretty simple. Um, you know, people that make you happy, that provide emotional support, help with practical things, friends, family members, neighbors. These people can be good listeners and a problem shared is a problem halved. So whatever you're walking around and carrying around on your shoulders, sometimes just having somebody listen, genuinely listen, can make a massive difference because stress can also feel quite isolating. I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners who who essentially work and live on their own. And sometimes if something's not going well, it feels like their world's imploding on them. They've got no one to really talk to. Find somebody. Create the create the um the structure around you of people real world people i mean real world people they need to be there physical not just online although that could be useful but people actually around you who you can sit and look at and hey look man i need to share something with you look i've got some stuff going on there's nothing wrong with doing that every everybody's going to go through these things at some point or another so don't be ashamed or 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 whatever it might be of you know opening up and telling another human being what you're struggling with it's far better doing that than struggling on your own. Couple of uh, last things. So hopefully this has been useful. I hope you're finding some value in this. It's gone on way longer than I thought, but there's quite a lot of detail here. A few supplements. These are not anywhere near as useful as all the things I've just told you. The behavioral and lifestyle changes will always be the things that, of course, always have the most dramatic impact. But there are some supplements that you might want to go and do some research on for yourself. Magnesium would be at the top of this. You're a human. You're probably deficient in magnesium. Magnesium biglycinate or magnesium glycinate is the version I take. Um, I take it every day. It certainly helps. L-theanine also helps. Ashwangana KSM66 and phosphatidylserine. Okay, so magnesium, L-theanine, ashwangana KSM66 and phosphatidylserine. Now, the last one, I probably completely bastardize the name of it it's just how i pronounce it phosphatidylserine all of those things can have a a a really positive impact on reducing cortisol which is part of our stress and just really calming the body and sort of certainly bringing stress down those things nowhere near as important as all the other stuff that i've just told you but can they help yes even things like oil diffusers so i have two in my apartment i have one that's sitting next to me now that is full of things that uh, for alertness and reducing fatigue because I'm sitting here working. I'm going to be here for hours and that's what I need. And in the bedroom for when I need to relax, I've then got ones that are relaxing and calming and good essential oils can really help as well. 
So look, there's a whole bunch of things. I, I've really quite enjoyed going through all this today. I hope it's been of uh, use. I hope uh, you know maybe there's some things in here that you're like, oh, okay, cool. That, you know, some of this stuff sounds like me, and you know maybe I've been struggling, and maybe it's time not to struggle anymore. Uh, so there you go. Thanks so much for hanging around. Hope it's been useful. Um, I will be back again for another one of these. In the meantime, of course, if you want to reach out, if these are things that you are struggling with, these are genuinely things, given who we work with on a daily basis, Every all the problems that I've just described to you there are things that we deal with daily with people. Now, there's everybody's needs and solutions are always different. These are sort of some overarching ones. How they're implemented into someone's life is where, you know, where we tend to sort of come in and, and I guess have the sort of impact that we have because it's it's quite often it's fine knowing about these things. It's how do I implement them and then how do I stay consistent? None of these things are going to work if you do them once. You've got to remain consistent. I think that's what's important. This is certainly where we help. So if you would, if, if these are things that you're struggling with and you would like a little bit more help and guidance, one, just reach out to us somewhere. We're very happy to help. But if you want to have a conversation with us in the show notes, as always, is a little book of call link. It's a very simple call where we can just find out more about you. Um, it's not a sales call. It's nothing like that. It's 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 a, like a discovery call. We want to work. Who are you? What are you struggling with? What are your goals? What do you want to achieve? What are the bottlenecks? Where could we possibly help somewhere down the line? Or where could we, you know, what could we show you to go and do? So for sure, go and have a little look at that. In the meantime, again, thank you for hanging around and listening to this. I appreciate you. If you've enjoyed it and you found use, give me a five-star review. Why not? Give me, give me a five-star review. Thank you very much. That'd be useful. Uh, and of course, look, hey, share it with someone that, you know, if there's someone out there that you think is maybe stressed, maybe that's your boss. <laughs> maybe that's your boss who could do with some help. Um, think about that before you do it. But if you know someone who, you know, this would be useful and helpful to, then please, by all means, you know, download the episode, share it with them, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'll appreciate you. For now, I'm off. Go and have an amazing day. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.